Holokaust evropske vrednosti i lokalna istorija. Podcast realizovan pod pokroviteljstvom Ministarstva kulture i informisanja Republike Srbije. Svedočanstva u edukaciji o holokaustu. Dobar dan, ja sam Gojko Kekić, a vi slušate prvu emisiju koju Terraforming realizuje u okviru projekta Holokaust, evropske vrednosti i lokalna istorija. Reč je o projektu na kojem radimo zajedno sa Arhivom Vojvodine kao glavnim partnerom i čitavim nizom partnerskih institucija, kako iz Srbije, tako i iz drugih evropskih zemalja, a uz podršku Međunarodne alijanse za sećanje na Holokaust, Višegradske fondacije, Ministarstvo obrazovanja i nauke Republike Austrije i Ministarstvo kulture i informisanja Republike Srbije. Projekat Holokausta evropske vrednosti i lokalna istorija ima za cilj da razvije, pokrene i uvede održive metodologije i alate za inovativni pristup u arhivskoj pedagogiji, posebno u manjim lokalnim arhivima. Na taj način želimo da inspirišemo i osposobimo arhiviste da stvaraju edukativne programe o Holokaustu i drugim stradanjima za vreme drugog svetskog rata, zasnovane na sobstvenim arhivskim materijalima i lokalnoj istoriji, istovremeno predstavljajući lokalne mikroistorije globalnoj publici. Osim toga, cilj nam je da arhivska pedagogija bude prihvaćena kao standardan pristup arhivskom radu i postane deo dugoročnih aktivnosti lokalnih arhiva. U današnjoj emisiji pričat ćemo o ulozi svedočanstava u edukaciji o holokaustu, zašto su nam važna svedočanstva oni koji su preživali holokaust, kako pravilno da ih koristimo, ali i kako da ih kombinujemo sa drugim edukativnim materijalima i novim tehnologijama. To je bila i tema postanjeg u nizu webinara koje smo organizovali 8. decembra 2020. godine. Naši gosti bili su direktor Fortunov video arhiva Holokaust svedočanstava Stefan Neron, direktor Sered muzeja Holokausta u Slovačkoj dr. Martin Korčak, direktor odeljenja za edukaciju Sered muzeja dr. Matej Beranek i arhivista arhiva Vojvodine Aleksandar Bursać. Fortunov video arhiv je deo univerzitetske biblioteke čuvenog Yale univerziteta iz New Havena u Sjedinim američkim državama. Govoreći o značaju svedočanstava, direktor tog arhiva Stefan Eron podsjetio je da Fortunov video arhiv još od 1979. godine snima svedočanstva onih koji su preživjeli holokaust. Fortunov arhiv danas posjeduje više od 4.000 svedočanstava i 12.000 sati snimljenog materijala. Neron ističe da je u metodologiji rada tog arhiva važno da se obuhvati cela životna priča svedoka, a ne samo period od 1933. do 1945. godine. Glavni razlog zbog kojeg se ne fokusiramo samo na vreme stradanja jeste stvaranje jednog prostora u kojem preživeli govori o svojim sećanjima iz detinstva pa sve do današnjeg dana. Jer mi ne možemo razumjeti gubita koji se desaju za vreme rata ako ne znamo šta se dešavalo pre toga. Potrebno je razumjeti kontekst Potrebno je razumeti kako je život jevreja izgledao na svakoj od tih lokacija, u svakom od tih gradova i u svakoj od tih zemalja, da bi razumeli kakve su odnose preživjeli i imali, recimo sa svojim komšijama, i da bi razumeli šta je to tačno što je nestalo i što je zauvek izgubljeno. 
during the war and more importantly what what is actually lost and the same goes for the post war period ista stvar važi i za period posle rata mi smo naučili mnogo o periodu holokausta tako što smo slušali od preživjelih kako su se nakon svih tih stradanja vraćali u život vrlo često u novim domovima ili novim zemljama u svakom slučaju Mislim da je veoma važno imati čitavu životnu priču pred sobom da bi se razumeo kompletan gubitak i tragedija. So I think you have to have the whole life story to truly grasp the, the devastation. Zahvaljujući inicijativi Terraforminga, pristup svedočanstvima Fortunov arhiva obezbeđen je iz Srbije i to u arhivu Vojvodine, istorijskom arhivu grada Novog Sada i istorijskom arhivu Beograda. Fortunov video arhiv u edukaciji koriste i podcast Oni koji su bili tamo, glasovi iz holokausta, u kojem slušalci mogu da čuju lične priče ljudi koji su preživjeli holokaust, ali i pesme iz svedočanstava. To su pesme između ratnog perioda iz geta i logora koje su otpevane ili prepričane u brojnim svedočanstvima. Prvobitno su se ove pesme pevale pojedinačno i kolektivno, ali u svedočenjima preživjelih prepričavaju ih ili izvode pojedinci. Tako nas podsjećaju da osoba koja ih izvodi predstavlja sve one koji nisu preživjeli da bi ih ponovo pevali. Osim sa pesmom, svedočanstvo se mogu kombinovati i sa drugim arhivskim materijalom. Sered je bio najvažniji radni, a kasnije i koncentracioni logor za jevreje u Slovačkoj. Sered muzeja holokausta otvoren je 2016. godine na mestu bivšeg logora. To je jedini muzej takve vrste u Slovačkoj. Direktor odeljenja za edukaciju Sered muzeja, dr. Matej Beranek, objašnjava kako u tom muzeju koriste svedočanstva preživjelih zajedno sa antisemitskim propagandnim posterima, novinama iz tog vremena, istorijskim fotografijama i drugim dokumentima. Po mom mišljenju, u edukaciji je dobro koristiti svedočanstva koja su kratka, tako da možemo da izgradimo čitav program oko tih svedočanstava. Recimo, kada želimo da prikažemo transporte jevreja iz Slovačke u različite logore, onda koristimo jedno kratko svedočanstvo o tome. Mi uvek kombinujemo svedočanstva sa drugim nastavnim materijalima, dokumentacijom i arhivskom građom, tako da vrlo često gradimo jednu nastavnu jedinicu oko jednog svedočanstva. U muzeju Holokausta u Seredu Imamo pet edukativnih programa posvećenih stradanjima jevreja u Slovačkoj ili njihovom begu iz logora smrti. Ti nastavni programi su sastavljeni tako što smo birali koje konkretno svedočanstvo bi odgovaralo baš tom specifičnom programu. S obzirom na to da imamo mnogo svedočanstava, mi možemo da biramo i odlučujemo koje nam najviše odgovara za taj konkretan edukativni materijal. Ne moramo svaki put da stavljamo fokus na istorijske događaje. Nekada možemo da napravimo, na primjer, nastavni materijal koji će se baviti osjećanjima, o tome kako su se ljudi osjećali u različitim situacijama, recimo pre deportacije 
ili kako je bilo pre nego što je uspostavljena Slovačka država. Postoje beskrajne mogućnosti kada je reč o upotrebi svjedočanstava u kombinaciji sa drugom građom. Svedočanstva su važna jer da mogu dati određene podatke koje istorijski fakti ne mogu. Kroz svedočanstva možemo saznati kako su se ljudi tada osjećali i kako su gledali na svet koji se urušava pred njihovim očima. O čemu su razmišljali? Čemu su se nadali? Osjećaj tuge, brige, straha, patnje. Sve su to stanja kroz koje svedoci holokausta ponovo prolaze dok se nama dele svoju priču. Zato je važno da na određen način zaštitimo naše sagovornike, ističe direktor Sered muzeja holokausta u Slovačkoj, dr. Martin Korčak. Kada razgovaram sa onima koji su preživjeli holokaust, u slučaju kada osjetim da će biti vrlo lično i emotivno, onda možda odlučim da promenim temu ili da postavim drugo pitanje ili da pitanje postavim na drugačiji način. To je ujedno osnovna razlika između nas i novinara. Jer mediji, mediji žele emocije, oni žele suze, oni žele da pokažu ljude koji plaču. Ali pošto ja sa preživjelima radim svakodnevno, ja znam koliko je njima to teško i koliko to njih dira direktno u srce. Iz iskustva znam da bukvalno nakon svakog susreta sa učenicima ili sa javnošću, preživjeli zaista imaju tešku i emotivnu noć posle toga. Oni ponovo razmišljaju o svom životu, o svemu tome strašnom što im se desilo, oni to sve ponovo preživljavaju. Neki se sa tim nose relativno dobro i kroz to prolaze lakše, a neki se sa tim nose lošije i bude im veoma teško. Mnogi od njih spavaju samo par sati noći pre ili noć posle toga. Ili uopšte ne spavaju, jer im se slike ponovo vraćaju. Oni o tome sanjaju. Oni su ponovo u logorima, Ponovo su sa svojim najmilijima, sa članovima svojih porodica. A onda se probude i ne žele ponovo da zaspu, jer suviše im je tjeskobno da ponovo prolaze kroz tugu. Većina preživjelih zaista ponovo pate kada govore o toj prošlosti. Zbog toga, kada sa njima razgovaram, ja to radim na sasvim drugačiji način i koristim sasvim druge metode. Drugačije nego oni koji ne poznaju dovoljno ove ljude, koji ne poznaju dovoljno ovu istoriju i ne imaju dovoljno informacije o holokaustu. Zbog toga želim da kažem da je ova tema veoma osjetljiva i da je najvažnije sačuvati preživele. Preživeli moraju biti u fokusu, odnosno njihove ličnosti, ne smemo da naudimo njima kao ličnostima. To je najvažnije. Kada govorimo o kolektivnom sećanju, osim ljudskih sudbina, važno je da ne zaboravimo i mesta sećanja. Upravo time se bavi projekat Arhiva Vojvodine Kultura sećanja Novog Sada, koji je razvijen po ideji zamenika direktora Arhiva Vojvodine Kristijana Opšusta. 
Ideja projekta je rad na mapiranju mesta sećanja uz korišćenje arhivske građe i mapiranje lokaliteta u gradu i njegovoj okolini koji su važni za istoriju Novog Sada. Pokrenuta je internet stranica kulturasećanja.com na kojoj je moguć pristup interaktivnoj mapi značajnih mesta sećanja Novog Sada, kaže arhivista Arhiva Vojvodine Aleksandar Bursać. This website with a specifically formed and unique preconceptualized interactive map Website projekta sadrži specijalno dizajniranu interaktivnu mapu i bazu podataka koja je kreirana tokom procesa mapiranja kao i kroz dodatnu analizu sadržaja. To ujedno predstavlja osnovni rezultat projektnih aktivnosti i njegove realizacije. Sve teme koje su predstavljene na websiteu predstavljaju različite segmente kulture sećanja, odnosno kolektivnog sećanja grada Novog Sada i na direktan način doprinose formulisanju sadržaja kulture sećanja uopšte. Baza podataka, kao i biblioteka tekstova koji su dostupni na web sajtu, omogućavaju posetiocima da ispitaju čitav niz kritički istraženih tekstova i drugih materijala, da saznaju više o različitim aspektima kulture sećanja, odnosno o mestima sećanja ili još tačnije o mestima u okviru grada Novog Sada na kojima se vrše komemoracije određenih istorijskih događaja iz kolektivnog sećanja grada. Što se tiče ličnih sećanja, na mapi su obeležene određene tačke koje predstavljaju specifična mesta sećanja građana Novog Sada. Ova individualna sećanja građana su također zastupljena u bazi podataka projekta i predstavljaju posebno vrednu dokumentaciju o sećanju grada. To bi bilo sve što smo vam pripremili za danas. Sve dodatne informacije o našem radu možete pronaći na sajtu terraforming.org. A mi vas još jednom podsjećamo da pamtite. Jer kao što kaže David Albahari u svom romanu Getsi Majer, Sve dok postoji pamćenje, postoji mogućnost, makoliko mala, da neko jednom negde sagleda prava lica Geca i Majera. A sve dok su ona sam odraz praznine, te mogu da predstavljaju zamenu za svako lice, Geci i Majer će se vraćati i obnavljati besmisao istorije koji na kraju postaje besmisao naših života. Nemojmo dozvoliti da se to dogodi. Do sledećeg slušanja pozdravlja vas Terraforming Team, Milana Mejtes, Nevena Bajalica, Miško Stanišić i Gojko Kekić. I ne zaboravite, čuvajmo budućnost naše prošlosti. Podcast je realizovan uz podršku Međunarodne alijanse za sećanje na holokaust, Višegradske fondacije i Ministarstva kulture i informisanja Republike Srbije. Holokaust evropske vrednosti i lokalna istorija. Podcast realizovan pod pokroviteljstvom Ministarstva kulture i informisanja Republike Srbije. Lokalni arhiv, interfejs društvenog sećanja, znanja i obrazovanja. Dobar dan. 
Ja sam Gojko Kekić, a vi slušate drugu epizodu podcast serijala koji Terraforming realizuje u okviru projekta Holocaust, Evropske vrednosti i lokalna istorija. Reč je o projektu na kojem radimo s Arhivom Vojvodine kao glavnim partnerom i čitavim nizom partnerskih institucija kako iz Srbije, tako i iz drugih evropskih zemalja uz podršku Međunarodne alijanse za sećanje na Holokaust, Višegradske fondacije, Ministarstvo obrazovanja i nauke Republike Austrije i Ministarstvo kulture i informisanja Republike Srbije. Projekat Holokausta, Evropske vrednosti i lokalna istorija ima za cilj da razvije, pokrene i uvede održive metodologije i alate za inovativni pristup u arhivskoj pedagogiji, posebno u manjim lokalnim arhivima. Na taj način želimo da inspirišemo i osposobimo arhiviste da stvaraju edukativne programe o Holokaustu i drugim stradanjima za vreme drugog svetskog rata, zasnovane na sobstvenim arhivskim materijalima i lokalnoj istoriji, istovremeno predstavljajući lokalne mikroistorije globalnoj publici. Osim toga, cilj nam je da arhivska pedagogija bude prihvaćena kao standardni pristup arhivskom radu i postane deo dugoročnih aktivnosti lokalnih arhiva. Kako arhive približiti lokalnoj zajednici? Šta nam donosi upotreba novih medija u kulturi sećanja? Kakva je uloga arhiva u borbi protiv iskrivljenja istorije? Koliko je lokalna istorija značajna za razumevanje šire konteksta evropskog holokausta i obranuto? Ovo su samo neke od pitanja na koje smo pokušali da odgovorimo na webinaru Lokalni arhiv, interfejs društvenog sećanja, znanja i obrazovanja. Naši gosti bili su Cori Street, direktor programa i operacije Shoah Fondacije pri Univerzitetu Južne Kalifornije, šef međunarodnog obrazovnog programa Shoah Fondacije Andreja Zoni, istoričarka Olga Manojlović-Pintar i arhitekta i dizajner Memorialnog centra Holokauste genocida u Johannesburgu Louis Levine. Era post-istine Tako vreme u kojem živimo definiše istoričarka Olga Pintar Manojlović. Vreme u kojem se suočavamo sa iskrivljenjem istorije i lažnim vestima dovelo je do toga da su naši javni prostor i politike definisane emocijama, dok su činjenice i mišljenja stručnjaka u potpunosti ignorisani. Pintar Manojlović smatra da je uloga arhiva samim tim veća i značajnija. Ono što je potrebno, po njenom mišljenju, jeste inicijativa i emancipacija arhivista. Od arhivista moramo da očekujemo određenu emancipaciju, da sami preduzmu nekoliko važnih koraka i pokažu samo inicijativu da onima koji se na različite načine bave istorijom pruže korisne informacije, a koje će nam pomoći u otvaranju novih pitanja i pronalaženju novih odgovora. Institucije koje su zadržene za sakupljanje i čuvanje našeg sećanja su istovremeno institucije koje sahranjuju naše sećanje. Te institucije arhiviraju dokumente u beskonačne redove registratora i fascikli i odlažu ih na police. Na taj način dobijamo sačuvane dokumente, ali i dokumente koji su zapravo ostavljeni tamo da čekaju da ih istraživači pronađu i da dobiju svoje mesto u lokalnoj zajednici. Shoah Fondacija iz Los Angelesa je jedan od najvažnijih arhiva svedočanstava u svetu. 
fondaciju 1994. godine osnovao hollywoodski reditelj Steven Spielberg. Godinu dana nakon što je završio svoj kultni film Schindlerova lista, Spielberg je došao na ideju da na jednom mestu prikupi što više audio-vizualnih svedočanstava ljudi koji su preživjeli holokaust. Danas u arhivu Shoah fondacije postoji 55.000 svedočanstava iz 65 zemalja, snimljenih na 43 jezika. Kako bi svoje materijale približili korisnicima i široku publiku upoznali sa lokalnim istorijama, osmislili su program i aplikaciju iWalk. Reč je o interaktivnom edukativnom programu koji kombinuje video svedočanstva onih koji su preživjeli holokaust sa autentičnim lokacijama koje se pominju u svedočanstvima, među kojima su Berlin, Beč, Pariz, Beograd, Novi Sad i mnogi drugi gradovi. Šef Međunarodnog programa edukacije Shoah fondacije Andrea Zoni radi u Budimpešti. Ovaj program kombinuje primarne izvore, video svedočanstva i fotografije, autentične lokacije i digitalne alate. iVox se može koristiti na nekoliko načina. Uzvršnjačko vođenje ili korisnik može da bude sam. Nakon kratkog uvoda i uz mapu polako istražujemo prostor. Učenici mogu da zapišu svoje razmišljanja i odgovore koji se šalju nastavnice. Nove tehnologije kako je mobilna aplikacija koja je deo programa Shoah fondacije predstavljaju jedan od načina na koji arhivi svoje sadržaje mogu učiniti pristupačnim javnosti. Međutim i same ustanove mogu poslužiti kao interfejs za kolektivno sećanje. Takav je slučaj sa Memorialnim centrom Holokausta i genocida u Johannesburgu u Južnoafričkoj republici. Taj centar projektova je arhitekta i dizajner Louis Levine, koji je za svoj rad 2018. godine dobio nagradu Južnoafričkog instituta za arhitekturu. Kada sam počeo da posećujem koncentracijone logore u Evropi, Iznenadila me je neverovatna sličnost sa okruženjem u kojem sam odrastao u Južnoafričkoj republici. Bilo je nešto zajedničko u ranom industrijskom Johannesburgu i tim fabrikama za ubijanje. Cigle su bile slične, krovovi su bili slični. Tako sam počeo da razvijam ideju o dizajnu. Od svih mesta koje sam posetio, logor u Belzacu u Poljskoj je ostavio najveći utisak na mene. Pogotovo kada sam video deo šina koje stoje tamo. Taj komad čelika, to su iste šine koje su prolazile kroz Afriku i Johannesburg. Te šine koje su u Evropi prevozile jevreje u logore, bile su simbol kolonijalne Afrike. Neki umetnici su romantizovali tu temu i pisali pesme o industrializaciji, ali taj komad čelika je kriv za najveće zločine u 20. veku. I tako sam počeo da gledam na dizajn. Kada je počeo da radi na dizajnu, Levin se susreo sa još jednim izazovom. Muzej Holokausta je bio planiran u kraju Johannesburga, među čim stanovnicima su mnogi koji su preživjeli jedan drugi genocid, genocid u Ruandi. Ključni trenutak je bio susret preživjeli holokausta i genocida u Ruandi. Susret preživjeli holokausta i genocida u Ruandi bio je nešto posebno. Bila je privilegija prisustovati tom trenutku. Ti ljudi su shvatili da su prošli kroz slično iskustvo 
i da je jedino logično rešenje da podele svoje sećanje na stradanje. Odlučili smo se da to bude jednostavna industrijska zgrada, zato što industrija povezuje Johannesburg, osvajanje Afrike, mašine za masovno istrebljenje u Evropi, kao što povezuje nas sa sećanjem preživalih. Na primjeru iz Johannesburga možemo vidjeti kako kultura sećanja predstavlja most približavanja dva naroda sa dva različita istorijska iskustva i narativa. Ta dva stradanja susreću se u jednoj tački, zajedničkom sećanju na one koji više nisu tu. Govoreći o približavanju arhiva lokalne zajednici, Levin smatra da bi gradovi zajedno sa institucijama trebalo da osmisle i postave urbane markere na značajnim autentičnim istorijskim lokacijama, ali i da se u promociju rada arhiva i muzeja uključe i umetnici i mediji. Izvedimo arhiv na ulicu. Potrebno nam je kontinuirano prisustvo istorije. Nije važno da li je to na autobuskim stanicama, bankama, stambenim zgradama, tamo gdje su se te priče dešavale. Iznesimo priče i pokažimo gdje su ti ljudi živjeli i onda će arhiv imati partnere za stvaranje urbanih markera koje svi možemo da vidimo. Ja danas živim u kući iz koje je jevrijska porodica deportovana u logor. Stotine ljudi prolazi tu da svaki dan i niko ne zna za tu priču. Situacija je slična u cijeloj Evropi. Svi bi trebalo da se angažujemo na tom zadatku, da regrutujemo pripovedače, umetnike, pisce, reditelje, pesnike, arhitekte, jer moramo prevazići pisane tekstove i stare fotografije i koristiti druge medije, izneti priče na mesta koja će prodreti u srca i umove. Kada uspemo da se pomerimo od fascikli na policama i kada se posvetimo ličnim pričama, možemo reći da smo uspjeli. Novi mediji, emancipacija arhivista, saradnje institucija, sve to nije dovoljno ako izostane ono što je najvažnije, a to je lična priča. Direktor programa i operacija Šova fondacije Korist Rit ističe da su lična priča i lokalna istorija ono što nas sve povezuje. Ono što bi trebalo da bude u fokusu svakog arhiva je da omogući upoznavanje sa šarolikim mozaikom lokalnih istorija holokausta, bez čega ne možemo razumeti kompleksnost evropskog konteksta holokausta. Lična priča je ono što nas sve povezuje i što će nastaviti da nas povezuje. Kada arhivisti identifikuju takvu priču, mi možemo pomoći da iznesu lokalnu zajednicu, na primjer putem digitalnih platformi kao što su iWitness ili iWalk. Način na koji se koriste nove tehnologije mora da bude prikladan kako priči, tako i publici kojoj je namenjena. To bi bilo sve što smo nam pripremili za danas. Sve dodatne informacije o našem radu možete pronaći na sajtu terraforming.org, kao i na našim društvenim mrežama. Do sljedećeg slušanja pozdravlja vas Terraforming team. Snežana Orčić, Milana Mejtes, Nevena Bajalica, Miško Stanišić i Gojko Kekić. I ne zaboravite, čuvajmo budućnost naše prošlosti.
podcast je realizovan uz podršku Međunarodne alijanse za sećanje na holokaust, Višegradske fondacije i Ministarstva kulture i informisanja Republike Srbije. Holokaust, evropske vrednosti i lokalne istorije. Podcast realizovan pod pokroviteljstvom Ministarstva kulture i informisanja Republike Srbije. Savremena iskustva u angažovanju arhivske građe u javnim programima na polju komemoracije i edukacije o holokaustu. Dobar dan. Ja sam Gojko Kekić, a vi slušate treću epizodu podcast serijala koji Terraforming realizuje u okviru projekta Holokaust, Europske vrednosti i Lokalna istorija. Reč je o projektu na kojem radimo sa arhivom Vojvodine kao glavnim partnerom i čitavim nizom partnerskih institucija kako iz Srbije, tako i iz drugih evropskih zemalja, a uz podršku Međunarodne alijanse za sećanje na Holokaust, Višegradske fondacije, Ministarstvo obrazovanja i nauke Republike Austrije i Ministarstvo kulture i informisanja Republike Srbije. Srbije. Projekat Holokausta Europske vrednosti i lokalna istorija ima za cilj da razvije, pokrene i uvede održive metodologije i alate za inovativni pristup u arhivskoj pedagogiji, posebno u manjim lokalnim arhivima. Na taj način želimo da inspirišemo i osposobimo arhiviste da stvaraju edukativne programe o Holokaustu i drugim stradanjima za vreme drugog svetskog rata, zasnovane na sobstvenim arhivskim materijalima i lokalnoj istoriji, istovremeno predstavljajući lokalne mikroistorije globalnoj publici. Osim toga, Cilj nam je da arhivska pedagogija bude prihvaćena kao standardan pristup arhivskom radu i postane deo dugoročnih aktivnosti lokalnih arhiva. Tekstu koji je UNESCO objavio početkom godine navode se zabrinjavajući podaci o tome da trećina Evropljena zna vrlo malo ili ne zna ništa o holokaustu. Situacija je slična u celom svetu. Posebno je kritično veoma slabo poznavanje ove materije među mladima. Nedavno smo bili svedoci antisemitskih incidenata u Novom Sadu kada su na više mesta u gradu osvanuli antijevrajski i nacistički grafiti na zidovima i bilbordima. Ovo je sve češća pojava i u drugim gradovima u Evropi. Kao najvažniji i najteži izazov u godinama pred nama Međunarodna alijansa za sećanje na holokaust definisala je iskrivljenje istorije. Iskrivljavanje i reviziju istorije holokausta nalazimo na najrazličitim mestima. Od izmanipulisanih činjenica na internetu do oportunističkih izjava političara, obmanjujućih izložbi u muzejima i lažnih tvrdnji tzv. stručnjaka, koji umanjuju ulogu sobstvene nacije u zločinima, umanjuju brojeve žrtova, optužuju druge narode za zločine. U ovakvoj stvarnosti čini se da nam je dodatno obrazovanje o holokaustu potrebnije nego ikad. Arhivi i arhivski radnici u tome bi mogli da imaju značajnu ulogu. Zbog toga smo tokom trećeg webinara koji smo organizovali u okviru projekta razgovarali o savremenim iskustvima u angažovanju arhivske građe u javnim programima na polju komemoracije i edukacije o holokaustu. Naši sagovornici su bili direktor dokumentacijonog centra u Beču Gerhard Baumgartner, profesorica istorije sa Slobonog univerziteta u Amsterdamu Dinke Hondius i episkop Pakračko-Slavonski Jovan Ćulibrek. Sa njima smo razgovarali o ulozi i položaju lokalnih arhiva, 
povezivanju institucija, upotrebi arhivskih materijala i novih medija, kao i o značaju saradnje istoričara i arhivista. Upravo je intenzivna i kvalitetna saradnja istoričara i arhivista jedan od preduslova za uspešno kreiranje programa u kojima se koristi arhivska građa, a koji se odnose na edukaciju i komemoraciju holokausta, smatra Gerhard Baugmanter. Baugmanter kroz primjer stradanja Roma ističe četiri najvažnije aspekta na koja bi arhivisti trebalo da obrate pažnju prilikom odabira dokumenta. Mislim da je važno da kada tražite dokumente prvo izaberete temu kojoj želite da se posvetite. Nakon što to uradite, izaberite aspekt priče na koji želite da se fokusirate. Recimo, kada govorimo o stradanju Roma, ne želimo da se koncentrišemo na transportu logore, kao ni na to šta se desilo u logorima, ko je preživeo, a ko ne. Koncentrišemo se na činjenicu da je progon Roma bio zasnovan na rasizmu. Sljedeći korak na kojem radimo u saradnji sa istoričarima je personalizacija. Pronađite ličnu priču, pronađite nečiji slučaj koji će ilustrovati taj aspekt poruke. Kada se odlučite za određeni dokument, važno je da možete pronaći i još neke osobe koje su povezane sa pričom na koji se dokument odnosi. Na kraju, pokušajte da stavite taj dokument u kontekst sa drugim pričama koje se odnose na Rome. Pozivajući se na raport o stanju istraživanja o holokaustu koji je pripremila Izraelska akademija nauka, episkop Pakračko-Slavonski Jovan Ćulibrk ukazao je na tri problema u savremenom istraživanju holokausta. U tom izveštaju se navodi da istraživačima holokausta danas nedostaje osnovnog znanja o drugom svetskom ratu, dok kultura sećanja i teorija memorializacije preovlađuje nad istraživačkim radom, ali i da studije holokausta na Balkanu praktično ne postoje. Ćulibrk kao glavne krivce za nedostatak znanja o stradanjima za vreme drugog svetskog rata vidi vodeći istorijske institucije kao i istoričare iz vremena socijalističke Jugoslavije, koji su istraživanja o stradanjima ostavili po strani, dok su prioritet dobila istraživanja o narodno-oslobodilačkoj borbi. Napravili smo malo preliminarno istraživanje i ispostavilo se da od 1945. godine do danas na katedri za istoriju Filozofskog fakulteta Univerziteta u Beogradu nije urađen ni jedan diplomski rad o stradanjima u drugom svetskom ratu. Nijedan. Za 75 godina. Na novoosnovanoj katedri za istoriju na Univerzitetu u Banja Luci od 1991. godine do danas urađeno je čak šest radova. Zato, ako tražimo one koji su odgovorni za manjak našeg znanja o toj temi, to su definitivno mainstream istorijske institucije i mainstream istoričari u socijalističkoj Jugoslaviji. Jedina institucija koja se sa veoma ograničenim resursima i sa malim brojem istraživača bavi stradanjima u drugom svjetskom ratu jeste muze žrtava genocida u Beogradu. Po meni, jedino rješenje je saradnja i umrežavanje lokalnih institucija koje žele da se bave ovom temom. To su Memorialni centar Jasenovac, Memorialni centar Donja Gradina, muze žrtava genocida iz Beograda i nadam se da će to uskoro biti Memorialni centar Staro Sajmište. U 
umrežavanje, edukacija i zajednički rad na projektima koji se bave istraživanjem holokausta olakšano je primjenom novih medija i interaktivnih sadržaja. Istoričarka Dinke Hondius iz Amsterdama jedna je od pionirki na polju upotrebe online mapa za prezentaciju istorije. Interaktivne mape se mogu povezati sa odgovarajućim dokumentima, fotografijama i filmovima kako bi se upotpunio kontekst određenih dešavanja. Dinke trenutno sa studentima radi na projektu Mapiranje mesta skrivanja za vreme holokausta u Evropi. Ono što sam tražila od svojih studenata jeste da rade sa programom koji se zove Story Map. To je software koji većina univerziteta koristi besplatno. Na projektu Mapiranje mesta skrivanja za vreme holokausta u Evropi radili smo koristeći svedočanstva Shoah fondacije. Ako pažljivo slušate ta svedočanstva, čućete da su mnogi od onih koji su preživali holokaust bili skrivani. Mapiranje njihovih skrovišta nije bilo lako, zato što je sakrivanje jevreja bilo opasno i ilegalno. Reakcije preživelih i njihove dece su bile različite. To je bila tajna, da li treba da odamo one koji su nas sakrivali, možda će nam ponovo trebati, bili su samo neki od komentara. Zato je identifikacija svakog mesta za skrivanje zahtevalo dodatno istraživanje. To je kao slagalica. Svi znamo za kuću Anne Frank, ali tako nisu izgledala uobičajena mesta za skrivanje u Istočnoj Evropi. U Istočnoj i Centralnoj Evropi ljudi su se češće skrivali na selu ili u šumama. Mnogi od njih su bili skriveni u senicima na farmama. Ta mesta često i dalje postoje i danas možete da pokažete prstom i kažete tu je bila ta farma. Sličan projekat koji se zasniva na online mapama realizovan je i u Austriji. Reč je o web sajtu Memento Vijena na kojem su označene posljednje adrese pre deportacije 65.000 bečkih jevreja, Roma i žrtvi političkog progona. Korišćenje arhivskih materijala u digitalnoj formi je brže, pristupačnije i jeftinije, ali ono što po mišljenju Gerharda Baugmantera predstavlja poteškoću jeste nepravilna kategorizacija dokumenta koja može da oteža rad istraživačima. Da biste pronašli adekvatne materijale, morate da ubacite ključne reči, teme, odredite gde pripadaju. To je mnogo posla. Mi imamo sreću da u naš arhiv dolazi 15 penzionera koji rade taj posao. Neki od njih dolaze na obuku koju im drže arhivisti svaki dan, dok neki dolaze jedan put ili dva put nedeljno. To je neophodno, jer danas imamo drugačiji pristup od onoga iz 60. i 70. godina kada je arhiv nastao. Ali... Još jednom ističem da je neophodna dobra kategorizacija. Recimo, Američki muzej holokausta ima milion predmeta, ali kategorizacija je loša i nekada je jako teško pronaći određeni dokument. To je problem velikih kolekcija. Mislim da je manjim arhivima lakše i zato će im sigurno biti korisno ako se fokusiraju na lokalnu priču. To je moj savjet. Advice. 
Kada je reč o holokaustu, ali i o drugim stradanjima za vreme drugog svetskog rata, na prostoru Balkana naši saogovornici saglasni su u tome da i dalje postoji veliki prostor za istraživački rad. Neophodan je ozbiljan naučni pristup, edukacija istraživača i saradnja lokalnih arhiva sa kolegama iz zemlje i inostranstva. Terraforming ostaje posvećen tom zadatku između ostalog upravo kroz ovu seriju podcasta i publikacijom Holokaust evropske vrednosti i lokalna istorija, lokalni arhivi u evropskom istorijskom i kulturnom Zajku. Više detalja možete pronaći na našem sajtu terraforming.org. Do sljedećeg slušanja pozdravljaju vas Nevena Bajalica, Miško Stanišić i Gojko Kekić. I ne zaboravite, čuvajmo budućnost naše prošlosti. Podcast je realizovan uz podršku Međunarodne alijanse za sećanje na holokaust, Višegradske fondacije i Ministarstva kulture i informisanja Republike Srbije. The Holocaust, European values and local history. Podcast realized with the support of the Ministry of Culture and Information of the Republic of Serbia. Testimonies in Holocaust Education. Hi, my name is Milana Maitez. You are listening to Terraforming's first podcast as part of the project The Holocaust, European Values and Local History. This project is designed in cooperation with the Archives of Vojvodina as the main partner and a number of partner institutions from Serbia and other European countries, supported by the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance, IRA, the Visegrad Foundation, the Ministry of Education and Science of the Republic of Austria, and the Ministry of Culture and Information of Serbia. The project the Holocaust, European Values, and Local History aims to develop, pilot, and introduce sustainable methodologies and tools for an innovative approach to archival pedagogy, particularly in smaller local archives. Our objective is to empower and train archivists to create their own educational outreach programs about the Holocaust based on their own archival materials and local history, as well as incorporating archival pedagogy into long-term approaches and activities, presenting local micro-histories to global audiences. In this episode, we will talk about the role of testimonies in Holocaust education. Why are the Holocaust survivors' testimonies so important? how to use them properly, and also how to combine them with other educational materials and new technologies. We spoke about these topics at the webinar we organized on December 8th, 2020. Our guests were Stefan Naron, director of the Fortuna Video Archive for Holocaust Testimonies, Dr. Martin Korchok, director of the Sered Holocaust Museum in Slovakia, Dr. Matje Beranek, Director of the Educational Department of the Sered Holocaust Museum, and Alexander Bursac, Archivist at the Archives of Vojvodina.
Fortunov Video Archive is part of the Yale University Library in New Haven, USA. Speaking about the significance of the testimonies, Mr. Narone reminded us that the archive has begun videotaping Holocaust survivors and witnesses in 1979. Today, the Fortunov Archive currently holds more than 4,400 testimonies, comprising over 12,000 recorded hours of videotape. Mr. Naron points out that it is important not only to pay attention to the period from 1933 to 1945, but to the whole life story of the survivor, from the times before the Holocaust and after. I think that the main reason for not exclusively focusing on a limited period of time, but but allowing the survivor to to tell their story from their earliest possible memories um, up into the present, is that you really can't understand the loss of of the years of the war unless you know what came before. Um, you need that context. You need to understand what Jewish life was like in each of these locations, in each of these cities, in each of these countries, um, the relationships that uh, the individuals had with their neighbors in order to really understand what comes during the war and more importantly, what, what is actually lost. And the same goes for the post-war period. We learn a great deal about um, the horrific events of the Holocaust through the way in ways in which survivors then find some way to return to um, to life and start new productive lives in oftentimes new homes, new homelands. So, um, so I think you have to have the whole life story to truly grasp the the devastation. Thanks to the initiative by Terraforming, several new access points to the testimonies of the Fortunov Video Archive are established in Serbia at the Archives of Vojvodina, the Historical Archives of the City of Novi Sad, and the Historical Archives of Belgrade. Talking about the use of testimonies in education, the Fortunov Video Archive produces the podcast Those Who Were There, Voices from the Holocaust. It is the only podcast dedicated to sharing the history of the Holocaust through the first-hand testimonies of survivors and witnesses. Another exciting product with a particular value for education is a collection of songs discovered in testimonies called Songs from Testimonies. They are songs from the interwar period and from the ghettos and the camps. Originally, these songs were sung individually and collectively but in survivors' testimonies, they are recounted or performed by individuals. They thus remind us that the survivor singing them represents all those who did not survive to sing again, and remind us of the absence of the original audience. Sered was the most important labor and, later, concentration camp for Jews in Slovakia. The Sered Holocaust Museum was established in 2016 on the site of a former camp. 
It is the only museum of its kind in Slovakia. Dr. Matej Beranek, director of its education program, explains how the museum uses the testimonies along with anti-Semitic propaganda posters, historic newspapers, photographs, and other documents. Dr. Beranek emphasizes that when using testimonies in education, it is important to combine them with other records and archival material. It is important that he uh, uh, is doing the testimonies that are mm, short, and we can we can build on the program on these testimonies. For example, when we want to focus on transport to the concentration camp, so we are we are showing somebody who were transported from uh, from Slovakia to other camps. For example, when we want to uh, say something about the hidden child or, or children during the Holocaust, so we are showing the testimony of children during the Holocaust. So, so we are using, we are combining these testimonies together with other educational materials and together with other documentation. And we can we can create a, one educational program about one specific topic. So we are in in Sered, we have uh, five uh, five educational program one. Uh, which are dedicated to, to the topic of persecution Jews in Slovakia or escapes from the death camp. So we are using and we are decided which one, which testimony would be would be suitable for this for this uh, kind of uh, program. So it is it is always that uh, we have we we have plenty uh, plenty of options uh, uh, to decide it, and we can then build build a program. We can ask the students about uh, about these testimonies there is no obligation that we have to we have to focus on historical event we can we can focus on on this uh, on feelings people uh, how did they felt uh, before the deportation uh, how it was before uh, before establishing of slovak state so uh, it is uh, it's really plenty to do uh, with with te- testimonies and with uh, with the other documentation Testimonies are a unique resource. Testimonies can give us certain kinds of information that other historical records cannot. Through testimonies, we can find how people felt and how they looked at the world collapsing before their eyes. What were they thinking? What were they hoping for? Feelings of sadness, worry, fear, suffering. The Holocaust survivors go through these feelings time and time again when sharing their stories with us. That is why it is important that we protect the survivors during such meetings and interviews, points out Dr. Martin Korchok, director of the Sered Holocaust Museum. When I'm talking with the person I don't know, I can guess from the beginning if they are in front of the audience, how it will be or how they are going to react. And sometimes it's really very good because then if I see that it's going to be very emotional and personal, I can change the topic or I can ask a different question. And this is the difference uh, between us and for example, between the journalists and the media, because the media, they need emotional stories. They want people to cry. They want to show how people are crying. And because I'm, cooperating with them and I'm working with them daily, I know that it's touched them, it's touched their heart. And after uh, each, let's say, uh, meeting with the children or with the public, uh, they have really very bad nights. And then they are recalling and thinking what are they talking about. 
and some of them can go through of it, let's say, uh, better, but some of them are going through of it very hard and by a difficult way. So many of them are sleeping only a few hours or they are not sleeping because it's coming back every night, you know, the to the dreams and they are in the camps, they are with the family members and then they wake up, they wake up and they don't want to go back to sleep because they are suffering again. And majority of them, they are suffering. So if I am talking to them, I'm working with them, I am doing it by completely different way, completely different method as the people who don't have so many information about these people and they don't know, you know, so much about them. So this topic is really very sensitive. And from my opinion and from my point of view, the most important is the survivor himself or herself and their personality. I don't want to touch the personality and that's very important. When we talk about collective memory, it is important not to forget the role of places of memory. The project, The Culture of Memory of Novosad, by the archives of Vojvodina, deals with identifying the sites around the city of Novosad important for the collective memory of its citizens. The idea was developed by the deputy director of the archives of Vojvodina, Mr. Christian Obschutz, the main activity of the project is work on mapping the places of remembrance by using archival materials, interviews, and other records. An interactive map available on the website presents the important places of memory of the city of Novi Sad and its surrounding. This website, with a specifically formed and uniquely conceptualized interactive map and database created via mapping process, as well as with an additional library of content, represents the basic results of the activities on the project realization. All the content that is available on the site refers to different aspects of topics related to remembrance culture and the city's collective memory and as such contribute to the formation of these subjects on a general level. The database and the library of texts that are available on the website enable the visitors through a whole variety of critically examined information and educational texts to get to know the different aspects of remembrance culture or more specifically the places of remembrance and the official locations of commemoration in the Novi Sad area. Likewise, with regards to the noted personal memories of citizens, or more precisely the mapped location of personal memories that are located in the database, they represent a special kind of valuable documented material. That would be all we have prepared for this time. You can find more about our work on our website, terraforming.org. David Albahari wrote in his novel, Goats and Mayor, as long as there's memory, there is a possibility, however small, that someone, once, somewhere, will see the real faces of Gotz and Mayer, and as long as they are just a reflection of emptiness and can be a substitute for every person, Gotz and Mayer will return and renew the meaninglessness of history, which, in the end, becomes the meaninglessness of our lives. Until the next episode, all the best from Milana Metes and the terraforming team.
podcast was produced with the support of the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance, IRA, the Visegrad Grants from the International Visegrad Fund, and the Ministry of Culture and Information of the Republic of Serbia. The Holocaust, European Values and Local History Podcast realized with the support of the Ministry of Culture and Information of the Republic of Serbia. Local Archive, an interface for collective memory, knowledge and education. Hi, my name is Milana Maitez and you are listening to the second episode of the podcast series Holocaust, European Values and Local History, produced by Terraforming. This project is a collaboration between Terraforming, the Archives of Vojvodina, and a number of partner institutions from Serbia and other European countries with the support of the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance, the Visegrad Foundation, the Ministry of Education and Science of the Republic of Austria, and the Ministry of Culture and Information of the Republic of Serbia. The project aims to develop, initiate, and introduce sustainable methodologies and tools for an innovative approach in archival pedagogy, especially in smaller local archives. The project aims to develop, initiate, and introduce sustainable methodologies and tools for an innovative approach in archival pedagogy, especially in smaller local archives. In this way, we want to inspire and enable archivists to create educational programs about the Holocaust and other sufferings during World War II based on their own archival materials and local history, while presenting local micro-histories to a global audience. In addition, our goal is for archival pedagogy to be accepted as a standard approach to archival work and to become part of the long-term activities of local archives. How to bring the archives closer to the local community? What does the use of new media and the culture of memory bring us? What is the role of the archives in the fight against the distortion of history? How important is local history for understanding the broader context of the European Holocaust and vice versa? These are just some of the questions we tried to answer in the webinar, Local Archives, Interface of Social Memory, Knowledge, and Education. Our guests were Corey Street, Director of Programs and Operations at the Shoah Foundation at the University of Southern California. Andrea Zoni, Head of the Shoah Foundation's International Education Program. Historian Olga Manolovich Pintar and Louis Levin, architect and designer of the Holocaust and Genocide Memorial Center in Johannesburg. Post-Truth Era. That is how the historian Olga Pintar Manolovich defines the time in which we live. This is the time in which distortions of history and fake news lead our public spaces and policies to be defined by emotions, while facts and opinions of experts have been completely ignored. Pintar Manolovich believes that the specific position and role of the archive is therefore larger and more significant. 
In her opinion, the initiative and emancipation of archivists is needed. We have to expect from the archivist a certain emancipation, the term which I mentioned at the beginning, at the title of uh, my presentation. So we have to expect from them to take several or very important root initiatives, which will provide practitioners, different kind of practitioners of history, with the useful knowledges that will help us in raising new questions and giving new answers. So institutions which are defined as institution uh, that need to collect and to preserve our memory, in the same time are institutions which are bearing it. They are putting documents in the endless folders. They are uh, defining those folders and uh, uh, putting them on the shelves. And in that way, uh, all these uh, documents are well preserved. They are well organized. But at the same time, they are put there to wait for their researchers and to wait for their uh, place uh, and position in a wider community. The Shoah Foundation in Los Angeles is one of the most important archives of testimonies in the world. It was founded in 1994 by Hollywood director Steven Spielberg. A year after he finished his cult film Schindler's List, Spielberg got the idea to gather as many audiovisual testimonies from Holocaust survivors as possible in one place. Today, there are 55,000 testimonies from 65 countries in the archives of the Shoah Foundation, recorded in 43 languages. In order to bring their material closer to the public, and in that way, acquaint them with local histories, the foundation designed the program iWalk. It is an interactive educational program that combines video testimonies of Holocaust survivors with authentic locations in places such as Berlin, Vienna, Paris, Belgrade, and Novosad. Andrea Zoni is based in Budapest. This program kind of triangulates the primary source, the video testimony, and photographs, so there are other sources, the specific locations and the digital tools, but it's all built around uh, uh, the pedagogical, uh, pedagogical context. And IWAC can be guided, peer-guided. Sometimes we use the peer-guiding method, uh, but it can also be self-guided, and it allows uh, an even bigger reach because anyone can use it. Um, we have a short introduction and a map, and then uh, we have we inter interrogate the space. We interrogate, and students type their answers, uh, uh, and will be able to send uh, the answers to their students, to their teachers. New technologies such as the mobile application that is part of the Shoah Foundation program. Is just one of the ways in which archives can make their content more accessible to the public. However, archival institutions and museums themselves can serve as an interface for collective memory, such as the case with the Holocaust and Genocide Memorial Center in Johannesburg, South Africa. The center was designed by architect and designer Louis Levin, who received the South African Institute of Architecture Award for his work in 2018. When I started visiting some of the authentic sites, the concentration camps in Europe, like many others, I was overcome by the extraordinary familiarity of the environment. The bricks were the same. 
the rooms were the same, the pictures were the same. There was something about early Johannesburg, the industrial processes that went into early Johannesburg, the mining processes, and the factory-made killing processes that started linking together in the beginnings of an idea that I could put together. But of all the memorials that I was introduced to, this memorial was, was the most painful and the most moving of all that I've ever seen. This is the memorial at Belzec. And of course, what do we see? We see railway sleepers and railway tracks piled up like pyres. But this railway track, this line, this piece of steel is the same piece of steel that was running through Johannesburg, that was running through Africa, that was bringing colonial powers to Africa. It was the same piece of steel that transported Jews um, and Roma and Sinti to the camps. And it's this piece of steel that was romanticized by the modern movement architects like Le Corbusier, who wrote poems to the railways and wrote poems to industrialization. This industrial process, this piece of steel, um, was the piece of steel that made the greatest horrors of the 20th century possible. And that is the way I began to look at the design. When he started working on the design, Levin faced another challenge. The Holocaust Museum was supposed to be built in the area where lots of people had historical experience with another genocide, the genocide in Rwanda. The key moment was a meeting between Holocaust survivors and survivors of the genocide in Rwanda. But when the survivors of the Shoah met the survivors of the Rwandan genocide, it was an extraordinary thing. It was a privilege to be part of the meeting of these people because they realized their stories were the same. They realized that in a way, they went through such similar experiences that the only way for the Holocaust survivors to respond was to share their memory. You know, when we spoke to the survivors, the landscapes of Europe and the landscapes of Rwanda were the things that came up first. Um, killing fields take place, killing takes place in, in, in beautiful areas. It takes place in, in, in landscapes that are lyrical, that are poetic. Um, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's a source of horror, um, never ending horror, to see the landscapes around you that are, are so attractive. And then this is what um, they bear witness to. The way in for us and um, for the uh, the, the, the ones engaged in the design, was to look at other great artists. How did they approach this? How did they take the same symbols of Nazism, the symbols of oppression, the symbols of the railway, the symbols of forced removal, and turn it into art? And um, with the solution was by thinking of a simple um, industrial building, an industrial shed. Because industry links Johannesburg, it links um, the conquest of Africa, it links the machine of extermination in Europe, and it links us to the, to the survivors' memories and the survivors' contributions and their ideas. 
From the example in Johannesburg, we can see how the culture of remembrance served as a bridge between two historical experiences and narratives that meet at one point, the common remembrance of those who are no longer there. Speaking about bringing the archives closer to the local community, Levin believes that cities, together with archives and museums, should design and place urban markers in important historical locations, but also that artists and the media should be involved in promoting local history. In other words, bring the archive to that street, whether it's a pavilion, whether it's a temporary exhibition, whether it's on the bus stops, whether it's once a year, whether it's open year to housing, which they do have here, but a, but a continual presence of that history, um, whether it's in public buildings and it's in staircases of public buildings, whether it's in banks where things happen, but to, to bring, you know, um, to bring those stories, not in the lacrimal, not in, not in the tragic way, but in the uplifting way, you know, the, this is where they live, they made their lives. Then the archive has, a, has, 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 an, has an urban partner and then, the, and then the marker is there for all of us to see. Because then it would be fascinating in my street, for example. I happen to live in a house that, uh, that a Jewish family lived in. They were deported from here. But hundreds of people walk by every day. They don't know. And the same thing with, with many other streets all throughout Europe. We all need to be part of a process to recruit the storytellers, the artists, the writers, the filmmakers, um, the, the, the poets, the artists and architects. Because we have to move from written text and old photographs to, to media and to places and to people that that'll penetrate their their hearts and minds and that's a process of partnering with expert storytellers and um, once we can move out of the uh, the folders into in, into those stories you know we, we, we will have a great success the director of programs and operations at the Shoah Foundation Corey Street points out that the personal story, and local history is what connects us all. What should be the focus of every archive is to provide an introduction to the colorful mosaic of local Holocaust histories, without which we cannot understand the complexity of the European context of the Holocaust. The story is what connects us. The stories are what will continue to connect us. So if the archivist can find that story that will connect, how we present it, so for example, we can help provide them with a digital platform through eyewitness we can help with a digital platform through iwalks um we have other apps coming online um the way you do it through technology has to be appropriate to the story and to the audience that would be all we have prepared for you today more information about our work can be found on terraforming.org as well as on our social networks until the next episode all the best from milana Mates and the terraforming team. And don't forget, let's safeguard the future of our past. The podcast was produced with the support of the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance, IRA, the Visegrad Grants from the International Visegrad Fund, and the Ministry of Culture and Information of the Republic of Serbia. The Holocaust, European Values and Local History 
podcast realized with the support of the Ministry of Culture and Information of the Republic of Serbia. Innovative practices in employing archival records in public outreach programs. Hi, my name is Milana Maitez, and you are listening to the second episode of the podcast series Holocaust, European Values, and Local History, produced by Terraforming. This project is a collaboration between Terraforming, the Archives of Vojvodina, and a number of partner institutions from Serbia and other European countries, with the support of the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance, the Visegrad Foundation, the Ministry of Education and Science of the Republic of Austria, and the Ministry of Culture and Information of the Republic of Serbia. The project aims to develop, initiate, and introduce sustainable methodologies and tools for an innovative approach in archival pedagogy, especially in smaller local archives. In this way, we want to inspire and enable archivists to create educational programs about the Holocaust and other sufferings during World War II, based on their own archival materials and local history, while presenting local micro-histories to a global audience. In addition, our goal is for archival pedagogy to be accepted as a standard approach to archival work and to become part of the long-term activities of local archives. According to a recent survey by UNESCO, one-third of Europeans know very little or nothing about the Holocaust. The situation is similar all over the world. Especially worrying is a very poor knowledge of this subject among young people. Recently, we witnessed anti-Semitic incidents in Novi Sad when anti-Jewish and pro-Nazi graffiti appeared on walls and billboards. This is becoming more common all across Europe. The International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance has concluded that combating Holocaust distortion is the most important and challenging task in the years ahead. Distortion of the Holocaust is found in all kinds of places. From facts twisted on the internet, manipulation and politicization of World War II history, opportunistic statements by politicians, misleading exhibitions at museums, whitewashing or glorifying collaborators, and manipulation with victims' numbers, both downsizing or inflating the numbers of victims for political purposes. In such reality, we need additional education about the Holocaust more than ever, and archives and archival workers could play a more significant role. During the third webinar we organized within the project, we discussed contemporary experiences in engaging archival record in public programs in the field of commemoration and education about the Holocaust. Our guests were Gerhard Baumgarten, director of the Documentation Center of Austrian Resistance, Dinka Hondius, professor of history at the Free University in Amsterdam, and Bishop Jovan Chuliberg. They discussed the role and practices of local archives, the potential role of new media, as well as the importance of cooperation between historians and archivists. Closer cooperation between historians and archivists is one of the preconditions for the successful creation of educational programs based on archival records. 
explains Gerhard Baumgarten. Baumgarten highlights the four most important aspects that archivists should pay attention to when selecting documents. I think the important thing is to do that uh, if you are looking for uh, documents that you want to use, so you first choose your topic. As, and I think then what you have to do and what we do is we choose our aspect. We are not concentrating by the transports to the camps. We are not concentrating on what happened in the camps or what happened, uh, who survived, who did not survive. We are uh, concentrating here on one aspect of persecution, and that was that Roma persecution was a racist persecution. The next step, once we have done this in cooperation with the historians, I usually think that it helps to personalize. So if you want to show this aspect, find a personal story. Find somebody's case that will somehow illustrate exactly this aspect of the message. The next step that you have to do is when you when you have the document before you i think before that's what we do what we did is before we take a document we make sure that we can not only show the document but that we can also find out or document the persons involved uh, in this story that the document uh, deals with can we find other cases Locally not, but we can put it in context with other Roma. Referring to the report on the state of research on the Holocaust prepared by the Israeli Academy of Sciences, Bishop Jovan Schulberg pointed out three problems in contemporary Holocaust research. The report states that Holocaust researchers today lack basic knowledge about the Second World War, while the culture of remembrance and the theory of memorialization prevails over research work, but also that Holocaust studies in the Balkans practically do not exist. Schulberg sees the leading historical institutions as the main culprits for the lack of knowledge about the sufferings during the Second World War, as well as historians from the time of socialist Yugoslavia who left research on suffering aside while research on the national liberation struggle was given priority. We did a small preliminary research and it seems that from 1945 up until today at the, at the central institution of former Yugoslavia and now of Serbia for the historical research, which is a cathedral for the hist history in, in Belgrade, the Faculty of Philosophy of the University of, University of Belgrade. Uh, uh, concerning the uh, graduate papers, MA papers or doctoral thesis about the suffering of anybody in the Second World War, but historical research, not uh, culture of memory of, or whatever. There is no one paper in 75 years in newly established cathedra of the history at Banja Luka University from 1991 until now. There are five graduate papers and one MA paper. So, if we are looking for those who are responsible for our lack of knowledge, these are 
mainstream historical institutions and mainstream historians of Yugoslavia during the socialistic era. So that's a precisely, clearly defined. And only the only institutions that's dealing exclusively with the suffering of the people in the Second World War is the Museum of Genocide Victims established in 1992 with a very meager resources, uh, number, number, of, number of researchers and so on. So at this moment, I think that uh, besides some grand solution that we will not have for sure, the real solution is a cooperation or net of the smaller local institutions that, that want to deal with the subject. For example, those are people from the memorial centers in Botia Senovac and Donja Gradina, uh, of the Museum of Genocide Victims in Belgrade. And I hope that addition to, such, to that net will be a, a projected research uh, unit of future Sarosaimishten memorial. Historian Dinke Hondius from Amsterdam is one of the pioneers in the field of using online maps to present history. Interactive maps can be linked to relevant documents, photos, and movies to complete the context of specific events. Dinke is currently working with students on the project Mapping of Hiding Places During the Holocaust in Europe. What I've asked my students to do is to work with this program called Story Map, and it is part of um, ESRI. ESRI is a mapping company and most universities have this uh, software for free and I had them work with the Holocaust survivor testimonies of the Shoah Foundation. So um, if you have somehow access to the Shoah Foundation testimonies you can uh, listen to the testimonies, you can watch the testimonies and then many many survivors will tell you that for a while they were in hiding. Uh, many people were in hiding before they were deported, many were uh, in hiding and survived in hiding, but it has never been brought together. What I'm finding is that the information about hiding is uh, dispersed everywhere in all sorts of sources. So talking about archives, there is of course not an archive where we find everything about hiding. Uh, hiding was dangerous and it was secret, so it had to remain very secret. To map hiding places is against the idea of uh, secrecy. So I have had also reactions from survivors and from children of survivors. Well, you know, that was that was secret. Uh, we've, uh, should we publish uh, the addresses of hiding places? Because maybe we will need them again, I have even heard. Huh? So to find hiding places today, uh, by listening to the survivor testimonies, we still, uh, every hiding place requires a little bit additional research. One thing we're doing is looking at types of hiding places. Um, well, we all know that the Anne Frank house, uh, an, uh, an apartment with uh, two floors, with two families in it, uh, is not the sort of average hiding place in Eastern Europe. In Middle and Eastern Europe, the, the hiding places were often much more rural. Uh, out near farms, for instance, or in in holes under the ground, or just behind the bushes somewhere, or somewhere to uh, people who made their own hiding places in the forests. And when you look at a farm, many people were hidden in haystacks, for instance. 
and often that a farm area is still there. Um, so you can still uh, point out on the map that this was the farm and maybe it has been modernized or maybe that haystack is no longer there, but you can still explain that it was there at the time. Similar with uh, um, all sorts of buildings, uh, you can still show uh, where they were or what, what, was, what was happening there. A similar project based on online maps has been implemented in Austria. The Memento Vienna website marks the last known addresses of 65,000 Viennese Jews before their deportation. Using archival materials in digital form is faster, more accessible, and cheaper. Gerhard Baumgarten warns that incorrect categorization of documents can make it difficult for researchers to work. In order to find it, you have to uh, ascribe it, you know, the, the, the catchphrases, the topics, where does it belong? Yeah? Uh, Roma, deportation, I don't know, social welfare, whatever, whatever, whatever. That is a lot of work and that does not become cheaper. So we are in a very fortunate situation at my institution. We have about 15 retired uh, people who come in and they work, one, some of them every day, some one day, two days a week. And they've been trained by our archivists and they do this work. So they actually do sort of, uh, uh, we say, integrate new material in, into the collection. And they are redoing old materials because today we have a completely different approach from the 60s and 70s when this archive was started. Yeah? So uh, that is unfortunately very necessary. Yeah? Uh, I, that is the big problem and it, it doesn't really help you if you have got millions of things online yeah? jpegs online uh, you can do that but it uh, for a researcher i think it's it's like like let's say we take we take a holocaust memorial museum yeah they really have millions of items online yeah? but the way it's categorized is not always very helpful yeah? and you keep looking 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 through lots and lots and lots of material and sometimes you find something and so uh, I think this is the problem of very large uh, collections yeah. so uh, for smaller ones I think it is maybe a little bit easier uh, it helps if you can localize it that is my first big uh, advice When it comes to the Holocaust, but also other sufferings and events during the Second World War in the Balkans, there is still a lot of room for research. Cooperation of local archives with international colleagues is necessary. Terraforming remains committed to this task, among other activities, through this series of podcasts and the publication, The Holocaust, European Values and Local History, Local Archives in the European Historical and Cultural Mosaic. You can find more details on our website, terraforming.org. Until the next time, many greetings from the terraforming team, Goiko Kekic, Nevena Bialitsa, Mishko Stanisic, and me, Milana Metes. And don't forget, let's safeguard the future of our past.
The podcast was produced with the support of the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance, IRA, the Visegrad Grants from the International Visegrad Fund, and the Ministry of Culture and Information of the Republic of Serbia.